Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they're gutted in hell. Hey, folks, what's up? Kevin Goatee gutting the sacred cow. You know, I do say this quite often because I'm consistently shocked, but this week, legitimately flabbergasted. Our old pal, Delvin Cox, remember him? Avatar, Fast and the Furious, he's back. And he's taken one of the films I thought that could never, ever, ever be attempted to be assailed, and that is Jaws. And here we are. Before we get to it, make sure you guys check out athleticgreens.com slash GTSC. Buy it, buy, buy, buy a package. You're getting some free stuff anyway, and tell them you're with us. Athleticgreens.com slash GTSC. And of course, guttingthesacredcow.com every day with blog articles. And go over there. It's getting cold outside. It's going to snow. Go grab a hoodie. Go grab a long sleeve shirt. Grab whatever. And hang out with us. Even though we're not there with you, you will still be there in spirit and on your body. And without any further ado, Here's Delvin Cox, going to try and do the impossible and try and take down Jaws. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I know some people kind of like it, yeah. Mickey Mantle don't care about you, so why should you care about him? Kevin Israel, name that film. No idea. Our guest today is now three-time appearance, Delvin Cox. People love him. They love the Avatar episode. They love the Fast and the Furious. My buddy Nick Carnival love that. That's his favorite episode is Fast and the Furious. So we have you to thank. Delvin Pal. how about you, sir? 
What's I have you- no fucking clue. Uh, I love it. I love when the guest also doesn't know. <laughs> but when I tell you, you're both going to feel dumb. Ready? A Bronx Tale. Oh, oh, I haven't. I haven't seen that movie in fucking years. That's- I haven't seen that since I was probably like 13, maybe. Damn. It's been a minute. It's been a long time since I've seen it. It's on yeah. cable nonstop, and it's going to pass the remote test. But we're so not QV- So it's QVC, and I don't watch that. <laughs> Yeah, That's watch, a good point. But you watch movie channels, and the film is on movie channels constantly. I don't expect you to go on QVC unless you're high trying to buy some fucking massage chair that they used to sell at a Sharper Image. Wow, I pulled out Sharper Image. Nice. Wow, that was, that was a 1990s mall reference. Wait till you see me get a Walden Books reference in there. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, back. You heard Delvin Cox. And boy, oh boy, Kevin Israel, the bulletproof films that we think that are always going to stay that way just keep on falling. Because Delvin, to his credit again, I never have to try and help him find a film. It's always one and done. Everyone he picks first time always gets to go, yep, that's a keeper. Today, Delvin has chosen the mega blockbuster of blockbusters, and that is Jaws 4. Just kidding. That was a piece of shit. Jaws. You ever see Jaws 4, by the way, when the, when the shark impales itself at the end? He yells out, the shark emits a blood-curdling scream. I didn't know sharks yes. had vocal cords, guys. <laughs> Wasn't this considered like the first summer blockbuster? 100% it was. Let's talk about that summer blockbuster, Kevin Israel. $9 million budget in 1975. $472 million in 1975. Now, turn that to 2022 money. $45.2 million budget. $2.37 billion dollars <laughs> that's Fuck got you marvel yeah i was just gonna say that <laughs> i think that gave the end game the old cleveland steamer if i do say so <laughs> myself <laughs> the old indb scale folks you know it you love it even though other podcasts that was just on they tried stealing this segment from us those sons of bitches IMDB, as we know, is a scale one through ten. Hey, Delvin Cox, what do you think Jaws scored on the IMDB? Eight point seven. Kevin Israel. Nine seven. Eight flat. What? I know. Shocked Insanity. me too. Insanity. Let's- there are some people who have sense out there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, Kevin Israel, let's see if you can redeem yourself. Rotten Tomatoes, 1 through 100. Critic score. Let's put it on the board. Yes. 94. Delvin Cox. 89. 98. Ah. <laughs> there we oh, go. They, there they, it they is. clearly are smoking crack. If they think this is a goddamn 98. No uh, way. Crack was not involved. was not invented until the 80s. And All right. So you're off with that crack reference. <laughs> Critic score, Delvin Cox. What do you think? The Sorry, the audience score. Excuse me. What do you think the audience gave this fine film? I'm, I'm going to have a little faith in the audience. I'm going to say 91. Kevin Israel? 96. 90. Wow. Uh, Delvin Cox, one away. That's a both showcase one right there. Well, our next section is quotes, and there are a lot of them. I'm going to give five. Oh, that's it? 
Well, I have to leave. listen. You always go, oh, nothing left in the bone for me, huh? That's what I was. I was being, you know, I was being amenable to you, Kevin. So next time you can go shit your fucking hat. Quote. She's going to recite the movie. Here we go. No, listen, I took. Well, OK, these are all OK. You all know me. You all know how I earn a living. This one is my favorite off the beaten path quote. A tiger shark. A what? <laughs> Here's the swimming with bow-legged women. Cage goes in the water. Sharks in the water. Our shark. Even <laughs> clerks copied this as a fucking quote. It's a line in their film. Clerks. And last, farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Kevin and Israel, I left some meat in the bone. Thank you. Thank you for leaving the big one for me. There are several big ones left. <laughs> you're you're going to need a bigger boat. Yes. By the way, Which I always thought was we're going to need a bigger boat. You know why you thought you know why you thought that? Why? Because Randall said that in Clerks and, mis- and misquoted it. Really? Okay. really? Hey, that might that might be why. I've seen the movie um, a million fucking times, I know. Um <laughs> They're all going to die. <laughs> Trifus. The, the way he laughs and says that is was was perfect. Um yeah, I had the farewell and adieu. Um Oh, what we're dealing with is a perfect engine, an eating machine. I was like, wow, that should have been the subtitle to this movie. <laughs> oh, with the tagline. Um, and that uh Yeah, I think that was uh, that was it. DC? You had everything else that I had. DC, what about you, buddy? Any other quotes that uh, le- leapt off the screen? I didn't want to pull any of y'all quotes because I knew you guys would get all the good quotes. But I did find one that I wanted to use just because just it proves how fucking stupid this movie is. Oh. Quote, Brody's son. I got vampire, vampire. <laughs> and that's exactly how you said it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> fucking stupid kid. Sorry, like, God damn it, this fucking movie. I hate this shit. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Whoa, five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Roy Scheider overheard Spielberg explaining the script at a party, and Roy was interested and asked for the part on the spot. Spielberg immediately agreed as he loved Roy Scheider in The French Connection. Spielberg wanted, oh, do I want to let you try? I'll tell you what. Why don't you guys give me a guess for Hooper? Three names, two of them, one name very big in the 70s, one name I never fucking heard of, one name be decently sized in the 80s and still a decent name now. Three names, one of them, go. I have no clue. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, in the 70s, I was going to say uh, De Niro. Ha, 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 ha. No. John Voight, Timothy, right. Timothy Bottoms. I have no idea who the hell that is. Sounds like a, a terrible last name, though. Sure is. <laughs> unless he's a, a completely different type of film, film genre. <laughs> and then Jeff Bridges. I could see oh, that. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Now, I'll never, this is too much, but Lee Marvin and Sterling Hayden, I don't know who he is, were the first choices to play Quint. Robert Shaw was number three. Oh. 
Number three, fun fact, the shark attacking the cage is actually a real shark. They filmed doing so while off the coast on Australia. The shark got on, on the, in the cage and began to thrash. They used a midget in the cage to try and get the sharks to come over. The sharks wouldn't fuck with the cage until he was out. Then the one shark got caught in the cage, and that's where you see it thrashing. Huh. Number four, the rental house where Robert Shaw, his wife, and his manservant stayed during the stayed during while the film was shooting and the house was shot at by a local because he thought the, the house was abandoned and was arrested and released with like a $25 ticket or something. Oh, the seventies <laughs> last you're going to need a bigger boat was completely ad libbed by Roy Scheider. I can tell he said it like several times. <laughs> You're, you're, you, you'll make detective one of these days, Delvin Cox, I tell you. <laughs> now, let's go to the hotbed of hatred, as we like to call it. Ask a gutter. 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 Oh, where do I start? Ken B- Bjorn Turner asks Delvin. If he had to go on a fishing trip where he had to hunt a shark, what equipment or people would he want to take with him? Equipment or people? Nobody from this goddamn movie for one thing. (laughs) They all go fuck themselves. They're bringing. No, I would take. I'll take you two guys. Whoa. Because I'll say this. Because if I'm going to die, at least I'll die laughing. Well, that's fair. But I promise you, too, you will die. Because I, <laughs> the one thing, the one thing I am deathly afraid of are sharks. I go scuba diving in the Caribbean all the time. I am like, I'm like Michael J. Fox watching for fucking sharks the entire time. So I would, if I'm in that water and there's a shark nearby, we're going right back to fucking land and calling SOS. <laughs> well, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Kevin Israel, you're probably of the same, uh, cut from the same cloth as that. No, I really, I've swam with sharks before. It didn't really bother me. Really? Uh, I'm just, no, I, but I'm not much of a fisherman. More am I. I'm a drinker, which is what half the, the the other part is. All right. Next question. Bango two, 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 three, three, one, our pal Delvin Cox. Look at the balls on this guy. Marbles. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, what an awful, 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 easily one of the worst sequels of all time. Yes. That's Major League Two, Kevin Israel, if you missed that one. I've never seen it. Don't bother. Bango says his question. They say if you're attacked, attacked by a shark, punch that bitch in the nose or eye. Does Delvin think he would have the presence of mind to go Rocky Balboa on a shark? What, he's going to mumble to it? Or <laughs> is he shit out of luck? Parentheses, insert joke about black people swimming. Okay? I don't have to. <laughs> well, based off of this movie, there's only two ways you can die. Either the shark eats you whole or the shark sw- swings you around for like 30 fucking minutes until you die above water. So if the first thing happens, I can punch the shark in the face. Second one, I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. I love the anger already in Delvin's voice. Rage. <laughs> Unbridled rage. He's yelling already like i want to turn the right the volume down on my computer oh boy uh brandon oglesby at newark night for what shark movie do you think is a worse spiritual successor to jaws sharknado is excluded that's easy deep blue sea i like deep blue sea i do but it's if you're gonna 
that's the closest thing to a spiritual successor. And it's a lot more sillier than Jaws. Oh, LL Cool J takes it down a few notches when he talks about the favorite, the, the, the recipe to the best omelet. <laughs> and, and the and the parrot talking shit to the shark that yes. or when the shark jumps out of water and eats Samuel L. Jackson while talking about committing <laughs> cannibalism. That, that is one of the greatest scenes in movie history. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I know about Deep Blue Sea is apparently at some point, L. Kuja was in that, right? Yes. Yeah, he's a star. Yeah, so he, apparently at some point he gives a speech about how he puts milk in, in, in his eggs when he makes an omelet. Yes, and my my buddy who I lived with for a couple of years, whenever he made eggs, he would talk like LL Cool J in that scene. And that's the only thing I know about that movie. <laughs> I thought you were gonna shit on putting egg, milk in eggs. My wife turned me on to that, and it's they're oh, quite delicious. Makes them fluffy. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. I do it. It's oh, good. It's delicious. But yeah, we also forgot about Deep Blue Sea. Don't. How could you both forget the 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 scene that should be framed in the AFI Museum if there is one, where Thomas Jane is swimming with the shark and then does like a one eighty over it while holding onto his fin and kind of surfs the shark's back. Oh yeah. <laughs> Clearly, you guys haven't seen the Meg. Oh, I did. I, you know why? I have not. The, the Meg. First of all, though, there's a book I read. Which yeah, I heard the I heard the book is good. The book is amazing. The book is about what's the biggest shark of all? The Carcana, the the the, the Megalodon. Duh. Megalodon. Yeah, that's why it's called the Meg. Yeah. The yeah. book is amazing. It's called the Trench, by the way. The yeah. book is fantastic. The Meg had nothing to do. Really? With the I have the, I have the book in like my on my like list of books to read it's and every so time i good. get to it i'm like i don't know dude they gave zero <laughs> fucks they eat old ladies they eat kids that thing eats fucking everything it's a great 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 read the megas what about the one with the shallows with uh hudson kate hudson not bad it's not, all it's not all bad. right it's not bad uh jaws two three and four are fucking are purified Awful. dog shit <laughs> purified dog shit next one uh, for Delvin, taco shirt, Krillin, since Jaws loves land food. Delvin, what's your favorite seafood? That's a good question. I love seafood. Me too. Um, I want to say shrimp. Thank God you didn't say scrimp because you'd be playing right in the stereotypes with that. <laughs> or shrimps. Thank you for not doing that. Lord Snurd says, usually I'm up on this. Uh, usually I'm on the same page for Delvin as Guttings, but not this time. Jaws is an entertaining film and still holds up. John D. Oh, well, John D. Jelly D is great question. Here we go. This is not the time or place to perform some kind of half assed autopsy on a fish movie. Mayor Vaughn being my second favorite character in the film. Does Delvin think he is truly a villain or just a naive guy doing his best? That's a good question. That is a really good question. Yep. I think the mayor's one, an idiot. It's too kind of an asshole because he kind of like all he sees all these things going on and he clearly knows, OK, this shark's kind of like fucking people up. But he's like, but we got a budget. We got to keep. <laughs> so if one person dies, mm, it didn't like become a problem to like everybody started dying. He's like, OK, maybe we need to do something. Mm-hmm. And even then, the asshole people were like, hey, we need to open this beach back up. <laughs> so. In the book, the mob forced the mayor to keep the town open. Fun fact. By the way, the book, well, the book is fucking terrible. It is bad. I'll get into that in my notes later. Oh, so it's like the movie. 
Oh boy, Eric yeah. four nine five three. No, 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 Love Delvin it. Cox, don't do it. You can't take this movie down, even with three barrels. Just because Delvin couldn't go into the water for years doesn't mean he can't shit on Jaws. The USS Indianapolis scene alone leaves this movie untouchable. No, <laughs> absolutely not. There are several. We'll get to it. I know you will. I have complete <laughs> faith you will. Well, Kevin, why keep this man yeah. waiting? I think, and that's all anyway for for the uh, ask a gutter. Let's let the man the out, of his, out the cage. I was, oh, you motherfucker! Just gonna say that. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Let's let that shark. Let's let Hooper out of the cage, and hopefully he doesn't get eaten as Delvin Cox tries to gut gut the. the. Sacred. 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 Cow. Cow. That was perfect on my end, by the way. That Delvin, was three-way perfect. I don't know how it sounded for the rest of you. <laughs> Delvin and I were tone for tone until like the last half, and then we just fell off the fucking earth. But I appreciate you. But listen, always appreciate the sing-along with the, with the panel. Yes, absolutely. Delvin, pal, the floor is yours. First thing. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Let me you, go. You open, you open every one of your guttings with fuck this movie. I just wanted to call that out to him. Let me start off like this. And this is, this is my fault, but I'm blaming it on this movie as well. When I picked this movie, right, I thought to myself, oh, I, I clearly have a DVD of this movie. No, I didn't, I didn't fucking have a DVD of this movie. So I said, let me go to Best Buy because the DVD has, me five, DVD has me $5. No, wasn't at Best Buy. So I ended up paying $15. To buy this piece of shit movie again. First of all, you, you could have went to Amazon for four dollars and yeah, never you left your house. No, I didn't. I didn't think about that. I said, because I, I don't rent movies for some reason. I don't like renting movies. Like, if I'm gonna pay five, I might as well just buy the shit. So I was like, thank God, we don't to me. Yeah, yeah. Especially on this podcast, Kevin Israel. Can you imagine me paying oh five dollars for Napoleon Dynamite or and yeah, Christmas Story? Say all the shit movies that we had to watch. No, nope. yeah, no, thank you. Paying four dollars was bad enough. Sure was. <laughs> I, I was. Go ahead, I sorry. will say this: you guys probably can just use my account and watch half of those shitty movies because I own right. a lot of them. <laughs> Done. Well, <laughs> well. First and foremost, about this movie, I don't want to go beat for beat. One of my main issues with this movie is, besides the main characters and the characters that you know and love, the actors in this film are terrible. <laughs> I mean, they are really. Fucking bad. From the from Brody's son who acts like he's has like is learning issues or something like that. He clearly doesn't. To to add to the beach scene where usually when you have a movie, especially in the 70s, when you have beach scenes, there's nothing but gorgeous, beautiful women, gorgeous, handsome men. Not Jaws. Fuck that. They have some of the most repugnant, fugliest looking people I've ever seen in my life in any beach movie yeah that's because yeah. it's in massachusetts that's why yeah. <laughs> well, well if, if this is a snapshot of what massachusetts is i never want to go there <laughs> you live in miami one of the hottest places for ass dudes and chicks anywhere this is boston this is martha's vineyard this <laughs> is not vineyard. dude jersey <laughs> the jersey shore tramps this as look wise and that's uh, a, and, uh, and that's a far cry, by the way. Let's put a point yes. that up. There is a point in this movie, in this in that first scene when at the beach. I'm gonna go backtrack a little bit. Well, there's an old guy who literally has C cups uh-huh. 
who's talking to Verna like, what is going on? Like, why is he not wearing a bra or something? I felt so uncomfortable looking at him. Like, Wait, so did you think this was going to be like a Will Smith music video or something? No, I just thought that usually, like I said, usually, especially in the 70s, when they show beach scenes, they have semi-attractive people. Not this movie. This movie said we're going to get as realistic as possible and hire the ugliest people as background actors and actresses we can find. So going back to the original part of the movie, the movie starts off, right? Where they having this little bonfire party and stuff like that. I'm like, cool. Not, this, this is normal. This is a cool thing. It's not <laughs> normal if you live in Jersey because those are illegal. Legal, yeah. That fucking sucks. Yeah, the whole yeah. <laughs> too many rules in this fucking state. Sorry about that. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's de- that's depressing. <laughs> but so, hot girl tells the guy, "Come on, let's let's go skinny dipping or whatnot." This goofy fuck. I guess he's acting like he's drunk, but I have never in my life seen anybody fall so much, act so ridiculously. As a drunk person in my life, like, who the fuck? What is he, what is he doing? He's not drunk. He's like fucking mentally insane. He's falling over. He can barely walk three steps and stuff like that. I'm coming. I'm coming. Like, oh my God, what's going on? Let me tell you something. If I was following her, if I was that hammered, I would be laser focused on making sure she'd leave my sight because I'm like, I'm going to try and hit that because she was a cutie. Yeah. That's what I, that's what a normal person would do in a normal oh, situation. Thank you. But this fuck face <laughs> is falling all over the floor, can barely walk. It's like, oh, this is this is horrible. This is horrible. Then she's getting in the water, and then she does some type of aerobic scene where she lifts her legs up like she's a fucking ballerina dancer. And, Come and get me! And then then Jaws comes out of nowhere and, and grabs her. And now this, this is the problem. Like, okay, come on. This is bullshit. And, and this is the problem. This is one of the problems I have with this movie. This movie skates the line with realism and nonsense. And the first, and the first killer scene is the perfect example of this because she's swimming. Jaws bites her. And then he spins her around like she's in the fucking Gravitron all around <laughs> the water. Before she finally dies, I'm like, what the? F-? I'm like, that doesn't happen. That's not how sharks work. Sharks not fucking gonna drag you around the top of the water <laughs> until you die. They're gonna pull you under, drown you, and kill you. I'm like, this this is utterly ridiculous. So then, fast forward, because like I said, this is the problem. This is one of the big problems with this movie. This movie's two fucking hours long. One hour is them figuring out. Oh, we actually have a shark problem. The second hour is just the goddamn National Geographic fishing film. We're just, <laughs> just sitting on a boat talking about their feelings and shit. I'm like, oh, here we go for this ride. So they find they find the next day that, hey, there's a dead body on the beach and shit like that. Brody talks to the guy, because that's the main character. He talks to the guy. Is it Brody? Yes. I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> he, he talks to the, the, the guy who clearly was with the girl last night. He's like, oh, I don't know what happened. I, I didn't see her go out in the water or nothing. He doesn't remember anything. Like, he got fucking shot with an FBI trick, got dart in his neck and shit, just has no recollection of this girl even existing. I'm like, alcohol doesn't do that. Oh. So, not, not, not to that degree. <laughs> no. I don't remember the better half of my, the, the second, this two years of college. So, I'll disagree, but. 
<laughs> I was in a fraternity. That's all I need to say. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you get to the scene and stuff like that. Then after that, you know, Brody. Oh, I didn't even mention the part before that. When they call Brody, they call Brody, right? He has one house phone. He answers. Nobody's on that phone. He has another fucking house phone next to him, like it's the fucking bat phone. Is he Batman or some shit like that? Like, what the, who the fuck does that? Like, does police chiefs are required to have like two house phones? Like, oh, this is one for the chief and this is one for the house. You, you, you never, uh, what you're saying, he had two, I think it was the same as an extension, wasn't it? Did I miss that? It was two different phones because he picked up the first one and it was no, it was a dial tone in it. And the second one he picked okay. up and people were talking. So I'm like, so that alone, like, what the fuck is going on? Is he Batman? <laughs> like, is there something going on? And another thing about this in the same scene, his family sucks. They are terrible people. They are worthless. They don't, uh, they don't add anything to the movie. They don't make me feel like sympathy for him. I feel sympathy for him because they're so terrible. Terrible acting. Ugly people. It's just awful. Then you okay, let's get a little bit further into it. They you get to the whole thing with the town with the mayor and stuff like that. He said, Hey, it's a shark attack and stuff like that. Mayor's like, I don't know about that, Chief. Man, it looks like it was a, a boat act, boating accident. Brody saw the body. Like he can clearly see it wasn't a boating accident. And the coroner's like, oh, well, if you say it's a boating accident, it's a boating accident. So that part threw me off because during this whole movie, Brody is supposed to be the voice of reason, the guy who has integrity, the guy who has the moral fiber of this, this whole town because this town's full of fucking idiots. <laughs> so, so once he agrees to like, okay, we'll just say it's a boating accident because they didn't want to shut down the town. It's like, all right. You're clearly full of shit. You kind of know it wasn't a boating accident. Cause even when you get to the first scene when they're on the beach, he's steady looking around for sharks. Cause he knows the shit's going to go down. He's steady looking around for sharks. Then you have all these ugly ass people walking up to him asking him dumb ass questions and he's steady looking around for sharks. And it's, it's, it's so annoying that the first half of the movie is just Brody trying to get people to understand how sharks work. And how like everybody's like just so obtuse to like, oh, well, there was a shark attack. Well, we got to open this beach up because we need the money. And I know, okay, maybe New England does need money. With those ugly ass people, they need much help they can get. (laughs) (laughs) But at some point, you have to say, what's more important? The safety of our people. No, never mind. I I just thought about that's pretty accurate (laughs) considering what we're going through today. (laughs) Scratch that. Yep. Yep. But going back to this movie, I will say this. The second shark attack they showed was a lot better than the first one because it was straight up like, okay, the shark ate the person and things like that. And it was just one kind of swept foop step of it. But at the same time, once the townspeople knows what's going on, it's like they're like still, well, we got to open up this beach. Like this beach is bringing in millions of dogs, but you know goddamn well it's not. This beach is just a shitty beach in a shitty town, and you know it's not bringing any money. They're probably like charging what fifth, like this is the '70s. You guys probably know they probably what back then it probably cost like a dollar to get in the beach. Two dollars to go on the beach in Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. (laughs) So this this beach is probably bringing maybe a thousand dollars or some shit like that. But these people are so set on opening up this beach, they're like fuck these kids. Fuck this town. <laughs> we we gonna make this bread. 
So, <laughs> so uh, as I'm watching this movie, we go through it like this. We get to the scene where they're trying to figure out, okay, we have a shark problem. How do we catch the shark? Then we get to the scene where everybody's arguing about catching the shark and things like that. Then you have, I can't remember the guy's name. What is his name? The guy who's the fisherman. It's Quint. Quint. Yeah. He puts, he puts his fingernails on the chart board and scratches. Who the fuck would hear that if everybody's yelling? That's not how the chalkboards work. Never in my life have I ever seen that. Everybody go, oh, we better stop. And then he gives this whole speech about it. Well, I can catch him. If I can catch him, I can cut him. It's going to cost you $13,000. If I was in that town, like, who the fuck are you? Why are we giving you $13,000 to catch a fish? You have not shown us any credentials. You have not shown us what you can do. You were just telling us, oh, for $13,000, I can catch this fucking fish. You haven't even seen the motherfucking fish. They know it's him. They know who. They know him. All right, Mr. Quint will take it under advisement. They know who he is, so they know what he does. And that's what he says. You all know me. You all know how am I living. So they know who he is and what he does. I mean, he has a fucking collection of boiled shark jaws throughout his house. So they damn know what he does. They know what the fuck I, he's up to. I know a lot of white people who have a lot of shit that in their house that they claim they caught. We know damn well they didn't catch. <laughs> Deer heads, alligator heads. You wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. <laughs> let's, let's stop it. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he admits he kills sharks and all that stuff. I, I, I see your point. I just think that he has built up that cre- that credit with us where it's like, this guy is a shark hunter. This is what he does. Yeah, for he was probably like the crazy shark guy. Yeah. I also, speaking of sharks, the picture of the shark eating the person on the chalkboard is downright hilarious. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I saw that picture. And I laughed for probably about a good 10 minutes of that picture. <laughs> like, who, who the fuck sat there and just drew this out with that much thought? So. The only thing missing was like a big circle with a line through like no smoking. Yeah. Something goofy like that. <laughs> Eat, kill, shark. So let me ask you this other question about this movie. What the fuck was their plan on the pier with the inner tubes? With the inner tubes? Yeah. When with they the had barrels? the inner- yeah, no, they had like inner tubes out in the middle of the water. They had like um, a rope with inner tubes. That's when Jaws took took out the pier, and they had to oh. swim back to the pier. Oh. What was their game plan? It was oh, it none. was the same thing. It was the same thing with the with those big barrels. They were hoping that he would catch it, and then those those would force the shark to the top of the water, and he would die. That was the stupidest plan I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. They got this raggedy ass <laughs> pier that they tied this. This inner tube and like um, a chain to thinking they want to catch a shark. These are people that we're putting our faith into. If I lived in this town and saw this shit going on, like this town feels like South Park. Like there are no intelligent people in this town. Nobody has any personality. They're just doing shit just to do shit. So they, they try to catch the shark. It fails miserably. All those motherfuckers should have died. I was cheering for the shark this whole film. <laughs> like fuck these people they are awful they are terrible they suck so getting back to the story now we have at this point probably like three occurrences of this shark attacking people do they think about about closing the beach down nah then you have these people which I don't understand how this happened because these motherfuckers couldn't catch shit I, I think they bought that shark from Kmart they bring back <laughs> this tiger shark oh we caught Jaws 
oh, everything's better. Everything's great now. We can go back to the pitch. I'm like, hmm, that's convenient. <laughs> it made no sense to me. Like, all right, let's just go back up. Let's, let's, we're done. Okay. So then you have the actual guy who knows about sharks and things like that comes into the picture and he's like, these markings don't match up right. And then he says what I said in the first part of the movie. Because he had to do the autopsy on the first body. Because he asked the dude, like, this doesn't look like a boat attack at all. This is clearly a shark bite. So I'm like, thank you. Somebody in this movie's fucking intelligent. What do they do? Shut the fuck up. We're not listening to you. Then they say, how do we celebrate us catching this shark? Let's have this big-ass party on the beach. So all these ugly-ass people on this beach. And make no mistake, they are very ugly. <laughs> I'm not getting over that part. They all dancing around, looking like fucking seafood for Jaws. Then you have, this is another scene I actually enjoyed this movie a lot. You have the scene where people are in the water and things like that. They're having a blast. All of a sudden, everybody sees a shark. <laughs> all the people are running out of the water. All the men are in the process of throwing the kids who are in the water into danger. They are straight up Michael Jordan. Fuck these kids. <laughs> throwing them into the water. Hey, fend for yourself. They all come out. Police go to the shark to go kill the shark, of course. It's some teenagers dressed up like a shark, which is in a very convincing shark fit. Like, I don't know how they made it. I don't know how they got it, but bravo. So I'm like, okay. That was pretty good. That was a pretty good scene. They should have left that scene like that. But no, they can't leave Will and Luff alone. Because directly after that, it's like Jaws was in the corner watching all this shit go on. Like he was like, oh, let me see what these dumb white people are doing. And he's watching all this stuff goes on. And as soon as they, the scene stops, here comes Jaws with almost nobody's in the water again. Except this, is one, this is one group of kids. Here comes Jaws when everybody's out of the water. He comes and snatches this kid fucking whole. I'm like, holy shit. That was impressive. Now, you would think this would be the moment this town would band together and say, you know what? Fuck this. We got to close this beach. We got to shut shit down. Uh uh. (laughs) Not these people. They're in the mayor's office arguing about why we can't open the beach back up. Why we can't open the, we can't, we can't open the beach back up. So this means, I guess this means we're closed for the summer now. That's that's it. One little kid died. They they really like fuck this kid. The kid like fucking just got swallowed whole in front of all these people on the beach. It wasn't like it wasn't like the beach was empty. It wasn't like it was. It was the whole town on the beach saw this kid get swallowed whole and like, well, we'd open this beach back up. (laughs) And then this comes to the the second half of this movie because this movie is a fucking two hours long. This movie should have at least been. At most, an hour and 30 minutes. Too much fluff, too much things happen in this movie that don't need to happen. So we get to this, we get to this hour point in the movie. And I'm like, okay. The town people are being dicks. We're clearly almost at the end of the movie. I look at the timer. No, we got a fucking hour to go. Then we, then the movie changes from, I guess, a survival horror <laughs> documentary on how stupid people are to fucking National Geographic's where they're like, let's get this raggedy ass boat and cast Jaws. So, and this is the problem I have with the second half of the movie. The first half was entertaining 
because of the utter ridiculousness of it. The second half of the movie is boring as fuck. It is mind-numbingly boring. Like, they're just sitting in the water for a whole fucking hour, talking, telling stories to each other, talking, like, setting up shit for the sharks. There's one point where the rope hits the guy in the back. He's like, ah! That let, that let nothing at all. I'm like, oh, my God. Then he's telling his horrible story about what happened to him in the war. Oh, everybody died. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Get to the point where we're going to start fucking killing this shark. Because this is, this is going on too long. So, this, and this, like I said, this is an hour into the fucking movie. They are still adding layers of plot that they could have added in the first hour of the movie. So, they're on the boat. They're on the boats for an hour. They're on the boats way out in the middle of the ocean, by the way. No chance to get help. Jaws comes to attack this ship. The ship is fucking getting destroyed. And they, this ship clearly should be underwater. It's not. Let me go back a little bit. This happens because they set this plan up for the guy to go in the water, underwater with Jaws in this tank, in his little cage and shit. Mm-hmm. The plan doesn't work. So he, while underwater, decides to hide from a fucking shark. And it worked. He like went, he went and hid from the shark underwater and it fucking worked. So then Jaws starts attacking the ship and stuff like that, tearing up the ship. This ship should clearly be completely sucking by the damage the Jaws is doing. They have this big battle. People die. This guy died. The guy with the, the fisherman who kills all the fish, of course, dies brutally by Jaws. Then you have Brody fighting Jaws and stuff like that. It costs him the whole ship. The ship gets destroyed. Finally defeats Jaws with the depth charge. Blows Jaws the fuck up. Yay, hooray, heroes win. There's no boat to get back to land. <laughs> None. So how do these fuck faces get back to land? We're going to lay on a raft and float back to shore. No, it was wood. It was wood from the ship. Fuck that ship. Fuck that wood. <laughs> that, that doesn't fucking happen. These people should be dead. That doesn't happen twice. Let, let, let me add this also factor to this. If they found a tiger shark in the water earlier and they killed Jaws, wouldn't there be other sharks in that water most likely? Is there only two sharks in all this fucking water? It's in there. This fucking movie's stupid. I understand back in the 70s when they didn't have shit to do, but watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> watch TV and go the fuck outside and play while people were so enamored with this movie. But in, in 2022 eyes, this movie is dumb as shit. Terrible acting. Terrible people. The logic is thrown to completely the fuck out the window because, like I said, if this is a real town and it was a shark, one, which I also believe because where it was at, there's no black people, which is fine because I see where it's at. But if there was one black person in this movie, there are. As soon as, there are. I'll, t- I'll get to it. I get, there nah. are, though. You're wrong. You're, on, you're wrong. 100% nah. you're wrong. Nah. Nah. I, I don't count them. I'd say, okay. All right. I want you to go since you have the DVD now. I wrote this down. Minute 57. And. <laughs> And there's a family. I know you talk about and there's the a family. family. Yep, there you go. And there's a little kid running into the water right before you see the family. You're wrong. Next. You know that's not true. Because no, black, black kids are not going to that water. 
No way in hell. It's in. I wrote the fucking time code down, Delvin. That, that's it's how you the, know this is fiction. <laughs> they're, no big, they're in Martha's Vineyard, Delvin. There aren't many black people there from what no, I understand. This, this is my point. The Obamas I, have a house up there. I can speak from the, the experience of a black person. I hope you if can. Very much so. If you, can <laughs> tell, if, if you tell a black person that water has sharks in it, no, they're gonna say, no, no thank the fuck you. We're not gonna be at. We're not gonna be that water. Yeah, we're they're gonna, gonna be, do a thousand one things besides that. They're gonna be in Point Pleasant on the Saturday on a Saturday. Exactly. <laughs> the joke for Kevin. This movie is awful. I, I understand. They're gonna, Atlantic, like they're gonna be in Atlantic City. So the thing. I don't want to go too long because I'm going long enough. All right, but Give this me no- movie. Oh. So go ahead, finish up your, your final thought. I'm for your score. I understand why people like this movie because it's a classic. It came out a long time ago. And people, for some reason, like old movies, like Gone with the Wind and stuff like that. But we have to get to some point in our life where we have to say, let these movies fucking die. John's supposed to be a horror film. It's not a horror film. It's not scary. Nothing about this movie scares, scares me. All thing about the movie scares me is the stupidity of the people in this movie. Some movies need to die and go away. The Warriors, fantastic movie. That's terrible. That does not hold up at all. That's a bunch We're of not fuck- going there, Kevin Goatee. That's a bunch I of I will fuck- fight you over the Warriors. <laughs> no fucking way are we oh, doing it's this. So, it's so lame. And so uh, you've been talking about a bunch of that doesn't happen in that film. That is a, that is a treasure wow. trove of that. Yeah, doesn't happen. I can't believe you're going to say the Warriors outholds this. Yes. It's laughably, so. it's laughably awful how you can they can get from the bronx the to, are they going for a rock away without getting jumped bullshit that's a fucking hike that's Kevin, that's all about that's been the, the jfk airport yeah and you see how there was three of them left they fight like bitches did you Next. have a question did you question when the avengers took out thanos no no <laughs> but they, don't but, question the warriors getting what they need to get at kevin goatee how listen, dare you the, even kitty pride could fuck up the warriors all right how dare you? <laughs> Nobody's fucking up Ajax. Listen, they, gonna, we're off the rails. We are totally we off are. the rails. Delvin, give us, give me a number, Delvin. We gotta, we gotta move things along. Give me a number. Five, five for that Out much material. Wow, I expected a lot more than that. Mediocre. Little, sorry, a lot, nice. less, a lot less than that. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to kill people's hopes and dreams. Five, five. Completely I, mediocre. Uh, Would I watch it again? No. I wish I could sell it. But it's a digital copy, so I can't sell it. <laughs> you, went so it makes me more bad. 50, you went to get the DVD for 15 bucks. You got in your car, drove somewhere, drove the Best Buy. Never mind. This, I did drive the Best Buy. Jesus Christ. That's how much I love you, Kevin Goatee. Kevin well, I love you, too, and the feeling is more than mutual, my friend. But you could have easily just got the Amazon copy and sat on your fucking ass at home and hadn't cracked a cocktail instead of going out for us. That's above and beyond. I don't go to Best Buy because they're not the best buy and haven't been for a long time. Kevin, let's talk more about, about our favorite sponsor, and that's Athletic Greens. Man, I've been on this stuff now for, what, three, four weeks now? This stuff is great. Uh, I take it every morning. I know you take it, too. Why do, we, why do you like it best? Why, how do you feel it's been helping your, uh, your, your daily routine and lifestyle? I got to tell you, I take I kick my morning off with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Cold glass uh, w- mixed with a cold glass of water. It mixes up great. It tastes good, unlike so many other supplements out there. And I do feel better. I actually I used to drink coffee in the morning, and now when I have this, I feel like I, I get focused. I, I a lot of my gut problems that I had seem to have evened out. 
And I just, I, I feel great. I think it has everything you need, especially for guys like us who are busy, not eating and not eating all the veggies we need. You're hundred percent right because you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to start your day right as you do. I'm very big now into gut health and the immune system and such. Drinking this help keeps uh, the, 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 the flus away and such for me, I guess. Keeping that immune system up, that's key. And I, I know Athletic Greens is going to help contribute to that. And listen, better sleep quality and recovery. Sometimes I have a hard time sleeping. Drinking this, I haven't had sleep issues in a while. Of course, also, don't forget, this is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's something you can do every day to help take care of yourself. And as you said, Kevin, a lot of people take multivitamins, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients. This is the perfect choice. Price, cost. Delvin, how much do you think this costs, this fine product costs to take a day? Huh, $200? No, it's less than $3 a day. And the story is this. Athletic Greens was founded when the, uh, the, uh, the owner experienced tons of gut health issues, and he was on a $100 a day supplement routine. That's nuts. Athletic Greens is recommended by professional athletes and has 7,000 five-star reviews. But here's the best part. You can get, you can reclaim your health and your immune system. And on top of it, you are going to get a one-year supply free of immune-supporting vitamin D and five, five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash GTSC, athleticgreens.com slash GTSC, of course, gutting the sacred cow. So take ownership of your health and go to the daily nutritional insurance of Athletic Greens. And that's athleticgreens.com slash GTSC. Notes. Mm. Can someone explain to me what a beach fire is? Because I grew up in Jersey and fun is outlawed on the beach in Jersey. <laughs> ah, the 1970s where side titty only gets you a PG rating. Ah. Fuck, by the way, the, the guy and the girl are going to go to the ocean, skinny dip. Fucking in the ocean is so overrated, much like pool or spa fucking. But then again, if Chrissy asked me to do it, I would be doing it. And we would both be shark shit for doing so. Me thinks Chrissy getting dragged would happen a lot faster in real life than, uh, than the same speed as Honey Boo Boo's mom could run as happened in the film. <laughs> Two minutes in this film. That's right. Two minutes I wrote down and a a reminder on how awful Boston accents are. Thanks, Steven Spielberg. Fucking terrible. By the way, one of the very few times, as I mentioned, the movie blows away the book. By the way, in the book, Hooper bangs Brody's wife. Hooper dies in the shark cage. Quint uses illegally unborn dolphins as chum quint dies not by getting eaten by a shark he's dragged underwater by a harpoon rope that ties up his foot the shark dies from harpoon wounds from brody before he gets to eat brody that sounds like a lot of good choices made by spielberg yeah (laughs) how did chrissy's body wash up on a shore and then have that much dirt accumulate on top of her in such a short period of time and crabs Crabs, I get. If you're decomposing, if she, if the shark got got to her, obviously you did, ate at her. There's gonna be that decomposing smell in the water in the air. I get the crabs, I get that. But the the sand, it's like, she, it's like she was a geo, uh, sorry, an archaeological expedition they unearthed. That mare has the sweetest jacket in the history of jackets. 
If that jacket could talk, it would demand another eight ball of Coke. Prontissimo. <laughs> that jacket matched the hat from your favorite movie, Caddyshack. Sure did. If I can get both of those and go to my bachelor party, my buddy's bachelor party a few weeks, I will be the king shit. Dogs on a beach. Where is this magical Nirvana? Yeah. Florida. Yeah. The first person POV genius way to shoot this was awesome because obviously, if you know, the shark kept drowning during filming. This is the best audible I can think in film history. The Kinter boy died a quicker death than Delvin Coxwell after our fans mercilessly bully him to live in a shack in Wyoming when we're done. <laughs> True story. When the two old guys use the roast as bait and one of the one of the one guy falls in and then gets chased. Why is he swimming slower than Jim Abbott would against the current? <laughs> Jim Abbott is a one-handed pitcher. Okay, if you didn't know that, go Google. That motherfucker is taking his time with a shark chasing. Go. Yeah. What is he doing? The fucking backstroke? That's oh, ridiculous. Catching a shark sounds exhilarating, and I'd be excitedly celebrating on land. No fucking way am I going near a shark unless it's in a nuclear sub. Did the shark eat all of the minorities on the island in the director's cut? <laughs> I knew that would get you. Because <laughs> I haven't seen anyone who may get the side eye for being on Amity Island yet. When Mrs. Kinter slaps Chief Brody, he should have told her to save a slap for Mayor Anchor Jacket over there because he's a reason he's the shark ate his fucking kid. Yep. I know. Hooper is wearing only jeans and sneakers while cutting open a shark's belly. I guess those acid-washed jeans must be impervious against stomach acid from a shark. That doesn't happen. You would not wear your going-out clothes here. Okay. You would find me on all fours at a gay bathhouse before you find me swimming in waters where they had three shark attacks. You'll find me at the beach, at the bar, in the arcade, anywhere but the goddamn water. I like when Quinn says, get your name in the National Geographic, Hooper. That sounds like what old people say, the Facebook or the Internet. <laughs> you know, my rule, Kevin, is real. A, an arcade in a film, one bonus point. <laughs> 70s arcade. That must have been really cool or really awful because games still were. They didn't really hit that in the early. What was 80s. the game Shark Hunter or yeah. something? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly right. Very good eye. Amity looks like an amazing place to visit. No guidos, no boomboxes blasting out reggaeton music. And I can't think of anything else to finish up the rule of three here. Sorry, folks. Stay tuned. First black person spotted. Minute 57. <laughs> Brody's deputy looks like Lieutenant Proctor from Police Academy. The only thing missing, only things missing are an overbearing Chicago accent, Captain Harris, and the copious inadvertent adventures to the Blue Oyster Bar. I love Police Academy. Who doesn't? Because the fourth one is the best one. Hmm. Don't you me, motherfucker. That is a spot on <laughs> assessment. When I'll think about that one. There's nothing to think about because it's we'll get into that later. When <laughs> when the kids when the kids did that fake shark fin bit, if they did a reboot of Jaws, you know damn good and well that they would have either Johnny Knoxville or the impractical jokers underneath that fin in this film. That's a good point. Thank you. If anyone is about to be eaten by a shark, I'm glad it was the guy who sounded like he's from Dorchester. <laughs> that accent went right through me like shit through a goose. The first half of this film is great. The second half of this film is on steroids is when 
Quint is a full-time character. We're moving onward here, Del, and you watch. Why is it women in the 70s always wore bandanas in their hair like the Rosie the fucking Riveter? <laughs> I think the comparing of scars while on the boat in Jaws is inspired the comparing of scars in Lethal Weapon 3. That film stinks now. Try watching three and four. They are bad. One and two are great. One and two are great. Three and four are dog shit. The Indianapolis Indianapolis monologue is easily top 10 all time in film history monologues. Easily. Quinn bashing the CD radio in a fit of rage. The ultimate that doesn't happen. Although... All you literary nerds went on to call it an allegory where Captain Ahab is on the hunt for his white whale. Right, folks? Says, Damn it. What? Oh, come on. That was it. That's skin deep at best. <laughs> no, that Three, was my note. <laughs> was it? What allegory for fucking yeah. uh, Captain Ahab? Yeah. Well, for Moby Dick. Yeah, it's like that's like the theme of my notes. So there goes that. <laughs> come on. That was easy. Uh, at the, oh, sorry. Three scenes. Always. I can think of that will stand out. Hooper being attacked in the cage, the Indianapolis monologue, and Quint being eaten alive scarred me for life when I saw that as a kid. The the screaming and the blood squirting from his mouth, that always will stay with me. Kind of like the gimp scene in Pulp Fiction, male rape or shark eating, both equally awful. I agree. Do you fear more? If I'm on land, male rape. If I'm in the water, you know what would really be bad? Male rape at sea because it's a 50-50 proposition from there. Yeah. At the rate Brody is seeing. If I'm on land, I fear shark work because if a shark manages to attack me on land, that's a hell of a shark. It is a hell of a shark. (laughs) Jabba jaw. At the rate Brody is sinking, he would be unable to get off that final shot. That boat is sinking way too fast while he's on the, uh, the crow's nest or whatever that is. To get that now, Delvin kind of touched on this with all that blood in the water at the very end. Hooper and Brody should probably start swimming faster and stop gazing lovingly into each other's eyes and blowing butterfly kisses at each other. Because did you see the fucking seagulls coming? When seagulls come, what's the next thing? Sharks. Exactly. Because I watch every fucking Shark Week episode there is to fucking watch. This movie has to be, has to be the most realized motion picture score of all time. For Christ's sakes, two notes can be hummed and everyone knows what the fuck you're talking about. Two notes. A film that single-handedly scared the shit out of people and kept them out of the ocean for a long time. This movie is the reason we have Shark Week. And because of Shark Week, we have D-list celebrities on Shark Week. Wait till next season when Lark Voorhees, Jim J. Bullock, and Dennis Rodman jump in the waters off the coast of Tierra del Fuego. As always, John Williams is unstoppable. Some can argue that this is his masterpiece, and I shan't argue that point. Besides the obvious fake-looking shark, there's nothing, nothing in this film that shows its flaws 46 years later. This plot is airtight like a shark's, like like a frog's asshole. The editing should be taught in film classes as this film in screen screenwriting classes. This film was on our bulletproof list for a reason, but none almost as shocking as this. This film is perfect. 
This film, Get the fuck out of here. This, no, film, this film can be argued. You make good points. Listen, I'm not going to disagree with those points. <laughs> the silliness is like, okay, shut the fucking town on. I get that. But this film, I can argue this film as one of the best films ever made. This and Godfather 1. You can argue both those films are perfect. And Back to the Future Part 3. Oh, sorry, Part 1. Excuse me. What am I saying? 3. Yeah. 3. You lost your mind. No. no I like 2. I like 2. I prefer, I prefer two over one. I love one and two, but I prefer two slightly. This Godfather Back to the Future, perfect 10. Perfect 10 score. Easily passes the remote test any single time. My wife and I are flipping around. The remote gets dropped. This film does not miss 10. This is the second 10 I've given on this podcast, Kevin Israel, I believe. Toy Story, counting, but probably Toy Story was the other one. I know that I might have given another one out, but this is a this is a ten. Delvin Cox, prepare to get doxxed by angry online trolls. Kevin Israel, have at him, fella. So, uh, one of my favorite authors, Lee Childs, who uh, created Jack Reacher, very good. Uh, the character poorly played by Tom Cruise, uh, just put the just he just published this quote. He said, first, character is king. There are probably fewer than six books and movies every century that are remembered specifically for their plots. People remember characters. Same with television and movies. Who remembers the Lone Ranger? Everybody. Who remembers any actual Lone Ranger storylines? Nobody. And I think this movie is a great example of a movie with an okay plot. I mean, it's a, it's a shark attack movie with awesome characters that make the movie each of these characters has been recreated and try and attempted to be replicated count through countless movies. First, you have Brody, kind of the reluctant cop who's the voice of reason. He's basically the eyes of the audience and sees just the insanity that's going on. And he's the one that, that kind of keeps just steady through the movie. Hooper. The brains of the operation. He's the one that explains everything. And he does it without a ton of exposition. He makes teaching about sharks interesting. And in 1975, nobody knew shit all about sharks. Because like KG just said, there wasn't Shark Week. Nobody knew about sharks. They were just these scary things that ate things and ate people in the water. That's all anybody knew. Mm. So Hooper manages to make sharks accessible. He makes them even scarier. And he just he bring and he's likable. He's a really likable, funny little character. And then Quint, the old haggard war dog that we've seen countless times since then and he he's the one who i mean that scene where he runs his fingernails down the chalkboard and everybody you know cringe that's such a masterful scene and he just he you have all these townspeople just afraid and freaking out and everything and he's just like i'll get your fish i'll do it you got to pay me 13 grand. It's just, he's just such a great character. And he does have an absolute Captain Ahab uh, correlation. The, it's funny. I never, I don't recall the scene as clearly when he bashes the, the radio. And when that happened, when I was watching last night, because I haven't, I haven't watched Draws in a while, I was like, oh shit, he is completely crazy. He's so obsessed with killing the shark. He doesn't. If they all die. And that's really an important moment in the movie that you, 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 you know, it's easy to just say, all right, well, there's a shark attacking the boat, whatever. But no, this guy's obsessed. And by the way, all he, he, he says in the, he says in the, in the meeting, you all know what I do for a living. He kills sharks for a living. That's all he does. He's got a house full of dead sharks just hung up all over the place. And it's all because of those shark attacks from the, from World War II. 
He's so obsessed with sharks because they killed all his friends. And it's it's so subtly done through the movie that you are going from, from Cleveland bitten in half. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and all of that could just completely pass you by because it's just thrown at you. This movie is so economical with its information and the way it, it introduces characters and the way it gives you information. You don't even realize that it's teaching you and that it, and what you're learning because the, everything happens so fast. I got to disagree, Delvin. This movie, it's two hours and it's two hours that flies by yep. because everything happens so quickly and each scene is important and each scene is meaningful in the, in the movie. Yes, and, he, and there's tons of ridiculousness. That girl, by the way, the girl gets bitten by a shark and she's just like, what? What? She, you, she already had her leg bitten off and she's like looking around confused. Now, maybe it's shock, but that she would have, and the, a shark doesn't pull you around. It's not an alligator. It would have just sucked her down and eaten her. Like there wouldn't yes. have, like, that was all, that was all, a, you know, a little bit of nonsense. And I mean, there's, there's tons of stuff that happened in this movie that are, that obviously are feed into the ridiculousness. Also, the mayor is such a great character because he's a piece of shit. And all he cares about is getting reelected. That's his whole thing. He just wants the town to make money so everybody's happy and he gets reelected. And it's funny, and I know we try not to get political on this, but there is a weird correlation that you can draw to COVID. And you see it happening, right? You see it happening right now. The shark is COVID and the mayor is all the politicians trying to do the right thing. And then it's like, well, is he, the, who, who does he really care about? It's, it's just funny how relevant a movie like that can be so many years late, 46 years later. It, 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 it's just amazing. But as far as the characters go, I will say this. The weakest character in this movie is Brody because and my problem with it. And, and it's again, it's something that I just I, did, I didn't remember or realize he's supposed to be a cop from New York who came to this town, obviously looking for, you know, an easier life. And he has no sign that he's a cop from New York. He doesn't have, I'm not saying that he had to be a character, but he has no, he doesn't have the accent. He doesn't have the attitude. You don't get the feeling that he's like, I've seen murders and I've seen shit. And you guys have he, it easy. He does like, say, he, there's one scene he does say like, ah, uh, you know, he was, I think he was drinking and he was like, yeah, the shit you see in the city. And he, and he kind of went into it for a little, you're right. Yeah. Very little. If you would have like a Yankee hat, I go, all right. Okay. I got you. Yeah. So, just something a little more to say, oh yeah, I get you. Like, I get it. Like he's a New York guy in this situation. And I mean, like, you know, you can almost picture like, like Bruce Willis from Die Hard as the cop in Jaws, like that kind of guy who's like got this whole different attitude about things. So I think he's the probably the weakest character because there's really nothing to him. But again, it's because he's supposed to be the audience. He's the audience watching all this happen. And he's the he's the voice of reason. Now, one of the, the what I think is interesting is the evolution of Jaws, because Jaws is a character in this movie. He's he's the villain. You know, for a little while, the mayor seems like he's going to be the villain. But Jaws is the villain. And Jaws goes starts off being a force of nature. And he evolves into being a monster It goes kind of from, like you said, almost like from a natural geographic, you know, science movie to a monster movie. Because at the beginning, he's just he's just hunting around, you know, basically. And Hooper says it and not. Yeah. Uh, Hooper says it like they just eat like that's what they do. They eat and they make little shark babies like that's what sharks do. And so he is just going around and eating and, you know, he's not he's not a murderer. But then by the end of the movie, he's attacking a boat and trying to kill these people. The Jaws really takes a turn from just being an animal who's kind of in the wrong spot at the wrong time to being a willful murderer. Then that's not nothing animals do. No animal would have ever done what Jaws did once. All an animal wants. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't attack a boat. 
Kevin and if he, and if he did and he didn't get the food right away, he'd leave. Animals are lazy. They don't they're not going to go out of their way. And by the way, the amount of the amount that shark ate in those I don't know, that those 5 days, however long this goes, he wouldn't have kept feeding. Sharks don't feed that much. They eat and then they go and they and they chill out for a while and then they they eat again. So the shark really does evolve from being an animal into a monster. And but it's it has to. It serves the it serves the thir- the last third of the movie where kind of that's all the action and that's everything that happens. So, you know, it's it's interesting. It's just an interesting thing to see. But look, the point is there's not a single movie that's ever had an impact on the general public like Jaws did. It literally shut down the beach industry for an entire summer. My parents lived in Florida when Jaws came out and they were like, yeah, nobody, nobody went to the beach. Nobody was going to the beach, which is a great point because and, and I think you were saying it's Elvin when after that first shark attack and I've been I worked on the beach in Jersey and I've been around and I was I worked on the beach when there were shark sightings and they'd call everybody out into the ocean and then they'd be like, all right, you can go back in. And nobody would go back in because they'd be like, nah, fuck that. We're good. So nobody the fact that they were that he was like they said to that one guy, hey, go into the water and everybody else would follow you. No, everybody would just watch him and be like, oh, that guy's going to get eaten. Fuck him. So that I mean, that, that was a little ridiculous. But this this movie had a major cultural and societal impact and it's there's literally almost every monster movie that's followed tries to replicate jaws and most of them if not all of them fail this movie is absolutely fantastic i i tried to pick some nits to find something wrong with it and all i could come up with is brody could have been more new york like other than that this movie's this movie's fantastic I, I totally and I see I do see your points, Delvin, but I don't think those points take away from the value of the movie. And I don't think they take away from the point of the movie. And I don't think they take away from the effect of the movie or the rewatchability of this movie. This movie is amazingly rewatchable and it's it's timeless. It is a timeless movie. It doesn't matter that this movie was made 46 years ago. It doesn't feel any less relevant today because sharks are still fucking scary. So, it, and it, and it captured that and it, and it, it it's a, just a time capsule of a movie that will last, you know, as for as long as we're watching movies for, I, I agree with KG 100%. This is a, this is a 10 of 10 movie. Whoa. Not a, a first, a first two tens. And he's right again. Jesus Christ. This is the reason we know way more about sharks than we did 46 years ago, because people go, holy shit, this is interesting. I had no idea. I mean, it made people go start careers in oceanography and in uh, 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 marine biology. Because they saw Jaws and they were like, oh, I want to know more about that. All those all those crazy ass South African divers you see on Shark Week. I guarantee if you interview them all 10 out of 10 say, oh, yeah, Jaws is the reason I'm doing this. Critics, five star reviews. 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 Of course, are sponsored by guttingthesacredcow.com. Every day you find articles. Uh, more stuff, uh, more that doesn't happen, more movie reviews, more movie quotes, all that and then some. And, of course, kick-ass merch like K.I. is wearing right now, a Gutting the Sacred Cow t-shirt. How handsome. Mugs, hats, bags, you name it. We got it all at guttingthesacredcow.com. And I will say this, live show is coming soon. That's right, kids. We're looking at late March. Delvin, get off get off your ass. Get on a plane up here. It's going to happen in the end of March, hopefully. We'll, we'll talk about it off the air. Critics, okay. five-star reviews. 
Jaws is a grisly film, often ugly as sin, which achieves precisely what it set out to accomplish. Scare the hell out of you. And I can't disagree with you more, Delvin. This is a fucking perfect horror film because you don't see the killer for about half, two thirds of the film. Jaws is a splendid, splendidly shrewd cinematic equation, which not only gives you one or two very nasty turns when you expect them, but most more important knows what God damn it. The fucking punctuation is so bad. Possibly more important knows when to make you think another's coming without actually providing it. Perhaps the most perfectly constructed horror story in our time. The father of all blockbusters, Steven Spielberg's uh, masterpiece, Under and Above Water, to this day, still makes me scared of swimming in the sea. Jaws may be Steven Spielberg's greatest achievement. Sure, Schindler's List may get more critical kudos and Indiana Jones may be more iconic. But Spielberg's 1975 adaptation of Peter Benchley's aquatic thriller is a masterpiece from start to finish. Uh, Fun fact number six. Uh, Greg Goatee was reading Jaws when Donna Goatee came into the laundromat and told Greg that she was pregnant with little Kevin. Oh, <laughs> my dad's favorite story. And uh, sorry, critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star. Critics, one star reviews. To be fair to this film, and I can't see why I should be. It is an improvement on Peter Benchley's book. Didn't take much, folks. It didn't take much. It is a coarse-grained and exploitive work, which, which depends on excess for impact. Assure it is a bore. Oh, p- rhyming. I love it. Assure it is a bore, awkwardly staged and lumpily written. Wow. And those are the only two one-star reviews on Rotten Tomatoes regarding Jaws. <laughs> Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon, 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 five-star reviews. Amazon, five-star reviews come for you. Possibly one of the most famous and iconic films of all time. When it came out in the 70s, it was the first film of its kind. It simultaneously captivated audiences and terrified them. The sad part is this kind of genius can never be replicated. There is no upstaging Jaws. Yes, the shark looks fake, but it's not about the shark. It's about the music and the suspense, the terror of the unknown. Truly excellent movie. My grandmother took me to see Jaws and Star Wars on the release in the summer of 1977 when I was six years old. Wonderful woman. Jaws scared the crap out of me, and I loved every second of it. Well, I'm going to gaslight this asshole because Star Wars was 1977 and Jaws was 1975, you fucking liar. Regardless, that guy's got a great grandmother. Right? Yeah. I love this movie as much as it scared me to death. It has a great storyline, and the characters played by Roy Scheider, Richard Dreyfuss, and Robert Shaw make this a very worthwhile watch. For those that like watching Shark Week, this is a must for you. It came well packaged and arrived on time. There was no damage to either the case or the disc. My older kids wanted something to scare them on Halloween. What's better than Jaws? The kids all liked it. It is a long movie, though, and the sound quality isn't great. They zoned out during the boring beginning, counting their candy, but loved the thrill and hunt in the second part of the movie. Don't bury the lead, asshole. How many Take Fives, Milky Ways, and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups did they get? Take Five are vastly underrated. I dare you. Implore you. I agree with that. 
I was so good. I've ever had a take five. So I went to Hershey, uh, Hershey Park this summer with the wife, kid, and the uh, uh, the sister in law. They have, of course, a huge Hershey store to which we still have candy over here. <laughs> they were out of take fives. I was going to buy a bunch and stash them. They go can't keep them on the can't keep them on the shelves. Take fives always fly sure. off the shelf. <laughs> it's chocolate. It's pretzel. It's magic, is what it is. It's really good. Amazon one star reviews. Amazon one star reviews. Here come the Amazon one star reviews. This was a horrible and boring movie. I like this person. <laughs> <laughs> this person must be have sensory deprivation. Received it as ordered, but we couldn't get it to play at all. I was going to return it, but I'm unable to take it to a UPS store for return because I don't own a phone. Okay, you so- lazy fuck. <laughs> I fucking hate that person. That person can die in a car fire. Who the fuck are they talking about? Phone. Who wrote this? Sammy the Bull Gravano? Because but they have a hiding. computer to write a review? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they drove 45 minutes to their local library to use the internet. <laughs> Who wrote this? Sammy the Bull Gravano because he can't have a phone or, or Amish Jebediah? <laughs> Next one. Profanity. It's PG. This That's guy, it? This guy, yeah. there? That's all he wrote? Yeah. Over and go, yeah. PG, it was profanity. This guy is an insanely short leash. I bet this guy's a hoarder as well. Profanity. Where again? We're from the we're from the Northeast, Jersey, New York City. Oh my it's, god! I don't. Was there cursing? Not really. I don't, rem- I don't remember. Yeah. Not maybe really. Son of a bitch, maybe, but that's, that's not about cursing. It. Smile, you son of a bitch. That's right. Next one. Movie was tracking too fast, over in 45 minutes. Hey, someone tell this dildo to take it off the four times fast forward suite, all right? <laughs> I'm starting Elvin to realize. wish you watched it at that speed. I, I do. I'm starting to realize the company that I'm keeping is not good. <laughs> These people are fucking idiots. Did the person put the Betty Hill theme on the background as they watched this film? <laughs> Because getting that that girl getting eaten by the shark in the first perfect. That would have been fucking great. Then again, adding the Benny Hill theme to anything, including porno, is fucking gold. I agree. I rented this movie so my grandson can watch. I don't understand why movies this old cost to rent. I agree. Sounds like if she had old baseball cards, we could get we could buy them all for all the change in our couch cushions. <laughs> Next one. So this was the film that launched Steven Spielberg's career. Jeez, I feel sorry for the shark. The last scene where the shark hunter gets it, E.T. Seems fair enough to me. Why are we supposed to care about him? Damn that the film gave me a reason. Go shark. I agree. Go shark. This is gonna be this is Kevin Israel's favorite review right now. At the end of seeing this movie in the summer of 1975, I asked for my money back. It was that poor. <laughs> Dude, this guy knows four dollars. This guy knows how to carry a grudge like a motherfucker. Forty six <laughs> years later, he still remembers. He asked for his money back. Sound Kevin like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> What did he hate? Fucking uh, uh, God, gone with the wind's too old for your dad. I don't know. I'll think of something. The Sting. Did he hate the Sting? Oh, another, another Robert Shaw movie. The Sting sucks. Give me my money back. <laughs> Although the Sting too is terrible. Kevin Israel. I think we know the answer. But did Delvin Cox got the sacred cow? I love Delvin. 
I love De- every time Delvin's on the show. Me too. Uh, I adore him. You're just a fun, great guy. Bring a lot of energy, but no, you didn't gut this this sacred cow. The the shark is swimming, and will continue to swim. And uh, yeah, this one this one's gonna stand. Uh, I'm sorry, Delvin. I can't I can't sign off on a gutting this time. This cow looks like when when Brody was trying to poke it with a harpoon while dr- while about to fall in the water. Uh, d- the superficial wounds ain't going to stop this juggernaut killing machine. That's for goddamn sure. Delvin Cox, tell the fine folks where we can find you and what you're up to. I don't know if I should tell them. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to dox you now. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Like I said, Shaq in Wyoming. It's going to happen. Not that I, I want it to happen. <laughs> I am not scared of all comers. Oh, they're coming. <laughs> they are coming for this one. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Devil underscore Cox. Check out the Devil Cox Experience anywhere you get podcasts. And I will say it again. Fuck Jaws. I am staying in my point 100%. I am not backing down. I am not afraid. Matter of fact, I love you guys. You guys are my brothers. Yeah, man. And I I knew I wasn't going to be able to gut this film, but somebody had to take a stand. (laughs) This atrocity of a film. Somebody had to stand up and say, enough. Enough of this shit. Let's stop praising shit. And you know what happened? We were we were Obi Wan Kenobi. You were Anakin Skywalker. Anakin, we have the higher <laughs> ground. <laughs> and then we chopped your fucking legs off. That means I will come back as Vader. So I am fine <laughs> and <all>. die <laughs> again. You're, you, you're, you have an open invite. You know that, pal. Delvin, yeah. we love you, buddy. Thank you so much. Hey, love Kevin Israel, what are you up to, buddy? What's going on? Kevin Israel for comedy dates as my calendar is slowly filling back up uh, with some comedy shows. But more importantly, leave us a five-star rating and a review on your plot podcast platform of choice. It helps Kevin Goatee highlight some of the best reviews we get, some of the funniest ones, like the asshole who gave us a four-star <laughs> rating because they said, we don't know how to pronounce Zeitgeist. There's only one way to pronounce Zeitgeist, and it's Zeitgeist. So Zeitgeist kick my, kiss my ass, but leave us those ratings and reviews because we appreciate it. I thought it was five-star, but I, I did a Google. I go, this guy is an insane German. I'm German. I should know this too, right? Zeitgeist. They go, I had the Google sound. I go, Zeitgeist. They go, I knew it. I know. How are we fucking this up? And that's Kevin's word too. Israel's not mine. KevinGoatee.com for NFL picks, all that good stuff. Instagram, see me give my daughter treats as she uh, we listen to my picks. KevinGoatee.com for other stuff. But more importantly, guttingthesacredcow.com. Get, be on the lookout. We will be advertising the live show very, very soon. So get on that. Guttingthesacredcow.com. GTSC podcast on Twitter. Don't forget, subscribe to us on YouTube. And shit, tell a friend about how awesome we are, how awesome this episode is, and how awesome Delvin Cox is. Can't say any more better than that. That's going to do it for this week, guys. Thanks again. See you later. Peace. Peace. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.